It's the time of year when we're all thinking about goals and priorities. Now is the time to plan your next trip. Whatever kind of travel fills you up, whether it's lounging on the beach, connecting with family and friends, or going on a foreign adventure, Expedia has the tools you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a OneKey member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help, and can't get a hold of anyone. If you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right, a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. I just recently came back from Barbados with Rihanna. She was thoughtful. It's amazing how lonely you can feel. She was very emotional. Do you think Chris Brown is a true love for you? Where does your relationship with him stand today? She was vulnerable. You just shocked me. From touring her old neighborhood and childhood home to the surprise she's wanted to give her mom since she was a little girl, she was 100% herself. There she oh, is. There she ah, is. Oh, so do you. Thank you. Good seeing you. Good seeing you. Welcome to my space. island. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's gorgeous. Okay, looks like you've been having quite the summer. <laughs> you look like you are having the life of my dreams. Okay, yachting in Saint-Tropez. Oh, okay. it was awesome. Really? I had a great time. Floating down the Mediterranean? Yes, and I barely did anything. I stayed on the boat most of the time. I wanted to get out and see everywhere, but yeah. it just felt good to not... Not to have anything to do. You know, from afar, it looks like, wow, <laughs> you are living the life of our <laughs> dreams. Are you? Um, I'm living the life of my dreams and way beyond what I dreamt of. I passed that a long time ago. Can yeah. you even wrap your brain around all that it means now? Yeah. Artistically to be you? It is never going to be second nature. I don't, I don't think I can, yeah. it'll ever be normal. So you were 16 when you left. 16. 16. <laughs> Every time I think about that, it's a little crazy. Yeah. I don't know if I would ever be able to do that as a mom. Yeah, but your mom <laughs> did. She did. Yeah. I don't know how. Um, 16, I was not afraid at all. Uh, Did you know what you wanted then? Yes, 100%. I only left because things were working out the mm -hmm. way, you know, in the direction that I wanted to go in. You'd done that audition? Yes. Jay had heard the audition? Yes, yeah. I did an audition with Jay. What has the ride been like? So you started out eight years ago. What's that riding, that wave of fame been like? I guess it started off really... I would say claustrophobic. Mm, really? <laughs> a little bit, yes. I feel like I was really, really 
protected, um, really guarded um, with myself. I felt like they were giving me a blueprint, and I couldn't get Who that. is they, when you say they? Oh, oh well, uh, the marketing people at the label. It was really the, the marketing. machine behind yeah, you. They, yeah, they had a brand, and they had an idea of what they wanted me to be Yeah. without figuring out who I was and then working with that. I felt stifled mm. because I don't even know who I am at, at 16 and 17 years right. old. Nobody does. Right, so I was uncomfortable with that, and I know the only way I could do that is by bursting out of it. I know that you were here not too long ago for the funeral of your grand dolly. Mm -hmm. Yes, grand yeah. grand dolly. Grand grand dolly. What did she impart to you that you will have forever? She was a legend. She was a well-rounded woman. Like, she taught me a lot about forgiveness. She taught me a lot about loving my enemies. Mm. She taught me a lot about... You have enemies? <laughs> <laughs> she taught me a lot about mm -hmm. spirituality, faith, mm -hmm. strength as a woman. And the one thing she wants me to do is marry someone who loves me more than, than I love them. <laughs> is that what she said? Because, yes, because that a woman will always give. And they'll always give even more than they need to. We're selfless beings. It's maternal. And mm -hmm. even with a husband, she said, it'll be that way with them as well. And they'll only meet you halfway if they love you <laughs> a little more. Mm. Good advice, Grand Grand. I know. <laughs> I know. Good advice. Good oh, advice. Hmm. Hmm. We know you took some time off and you spent her, some of her final days with her. Mm -hmm. What did that mean to you? I didn't know how important those days were. I just didn't know what else to do. Oh, trust Oprah to make you cry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yes. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what else to do. Like, I wasn't hearing a lot of good things. You know, we, we knew she was sick for a long time. Mm -hmm. So we were grieving mm -hmm. her mm -hmm. as she was alive. Mm -hmm. So in the in the end, it got really bad, and we ended up just canceling a week or 10 days, actually, a week and a half to London, and I ended up spending the time with her in New York. Um, I didn't know, like, it was the end, but I saw her. You just, you take in every moment, because... Thank you. Yeah. What's your favorite memory woman. of her? Favorite memory of her? Sweetest wow. memory you want to share with the world? <laughs> um, I hate this part. <laughs> um, I was shooting a film in New Orleans, a comedy, and I had four days to shoot there, and then I had a day off in LA, so instead I spent my day off in New York, so I flew there. And I went to the hospital, and she didn't know that I was coming, so I showed up, and she was just like, I mean, she just broke down. We were talking, I was hugging her, hugging her, and she just went, wait, is a party? She said, it's a party, which means, yeah. is it a party? Like, she said, 
I said, no, Grand Grand, was a whoop party. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I just laughed. I just kept thinking, like, you really are my grandmother. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, it was just so cute that she was so excited. And, and that's, and I felt like she was trying to say her going away was a party. Like, mm. it was a celebration. A celebration mm -hmm. of this legend life. Of life. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I think it's great you can cry about it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's a tribute to her. That's a tribute to a life well lived. Thank you. A life well lived. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about, I just wanted to say this, Esquire magazine named you the sexiest woman alive, calling you the indisputable champion of carnal pop. And they went on to say that you are the essence of the word that rhymes with puck. <laughs> You're the essence of that word because I didn't want to be bleeped. You know what I'm saying? What did that mean to you? I don't even know what that means. That's what I'm about to say. Like, what does that mean? That you are the essence of the F word. Man, I really, I do not think about things like that. Okay. That's not That's not a title goal. that, yeah. That's not something I'm like, oh my gosh, I did a great, I had a great achievement here with this title. I mean, I don't really even understand that. But when they named you the sexiest woman alive, was that at least you felt like? It's flattering. Flattering, good. Yes, it's inaccurate, but flattering, <laughs> to say the least. I definitely was excited about that. I thought it was cute. When did you get to be, or how did you get to be, so comfortable in your own sexual skin? Mm. You wear that very well. <laughs> Thank you. I had to fake it till I make it. <laughs> That's what I had to do. I had to pretend that I was as comfortable. I really was not. You were not? N no way. No way. No way? No way. <laughs> <laughs> Barbados will be very proud after that. No I just way. felt like I had to fake it. I had to just go for it. In Barbados, we have a very sexual culture. You, the sexiest woman alive, Esquire magazine? Hello? on the cover, you, the sexiest woman alive, was not comfortable? <laughs> no, but you have to, you have to overcome certain things. And, you know, I can, I can do that now. Now I can experiment and I can try things and I can figure myself out, mm -hmm. you know. Don't go anywhere. More to come after this short break. No two travelers are exactly alike. And that means no two trips should be either. Texas' vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. Are you a beach person? Well, you'll be having fun under the sun with Texas' 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies can't get enough of Texas' world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, Visit internationally recognized art museums and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. Macy's Mother's Day gift guide has the perfect gift to make mom feel special. Shop by price, like 25 and under to 100 and under. Category, like fragrance, handbags, and more. Or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything. Gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted and for grandma.
Get top gifts like Dolce & Gabbana Devotion, Eau de Parfum, Coach Floral Printed Leather Cassie Crossbody Bag, and Le Creuset Shallot Dutch Oven. Shop at Macy's.com slash I know you have a very personal relationship with your fans. You call them the, the Navy. <laughs> You're on a Navy. Yes. Yeah. You say they, those throngs of multitudes <laughs> of people, have helped you get through difficult times. How do throngs of people help you get through difficult times? It's amazing how lonely you can feel and, like, nobody understands. And the moment you reach out and put your guard down, and you're vulnerable, vulnerable. Yeah. somebody always reaches out and, and, and knows that you know that you're not alone. They go through the same thing. And I put a lot of importance in that relationship with my fans. With the fans? Yes. What do you want them to know? Um, I want them to feel comfortable knowing that I have flaws as well. I want them to know those flaws because I'm afraid of the pedestal. Wow. I'm super duper afraid of the pedestal that comes with fame and, and being a celebrity. So I keep myself as close to the ground as possible. I want to be a peer to my fans. I don't ever want to be above them or think that because they're fans, I'm not one of them or they're not one of us. Like, we're all people. Yeah. We have Because we purposes. all want love. Yeah. My new favorite love. cut. <laughs> yes. Because we all want love. This is true. This We're is true. We're all looking for the same thing. This is very true. So are you comfortable with the title role model? No, because of what society has made that title. It's become a title of perfection. And that is something that nobody can achieve. And I can't say that I'll get it right every time. Mm -hmm. Because I, I absolutely want, I wish. <laughs> You're still figuring it out for yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm a work in progress, mm -hmm. really. OK, so I'm going to ask you a question. Somebody asked me recently, through me, so it might take you a second, but maybe <laughs> it won't. Who are you? That's a really good question, because you never think about this until somebody asks ask you. Ask that question. <laughs> OK, I'll tell you some things. I love to have fun. I love to be spontaneous. I'm intrigued by things that are a little adventurous, things that are a little unknown. I'm very black and white when it comes to my business, but I do allow a gray area in my personal life. I want people to feel good, people around me, whatever that means, whatever I can do for them. I don't know what, who you think I am after I tell you those things. <laughs> but those are some things about me. What's the hardest and the loneliest of being you? I mean, we all see the glam. We see the Saint-Tropez. We see the parasailing. We see the parties we see. But what is the hardest and the loneliest side of this fame, this kind the of The hardest fame? is being lonely. Mm -hmm. That's the hardest. The loneliest is, um, for me as an individual, I have a thing where <laughs> I don't want people to think I'm weak or like it means a victim. So I don't like to tell people when, some, when I'm going through something because it's human nature to always keep that in mind when you see the person. You can see them 
two years from now, and, and you'll always remember that problem that they went through, and it's hard to see past that. And that's me, my own ego, my own pride. I don't want people to, to look at that, so I don't share that, not even with my friends sometimes. In the early morning hours of February 8, 2009, Chris Brown and Rihanna left Clive Davis's annual pre-Grammy party. According to police reports, while driving home, the two got into a heated argument, which escalated into a vicious and violent attack. Chris Brown was arrested for assault and pled guilty. He would later be sentenced to 180 days of community service and five years probation. I was thinking, maybe you aren't aware of the velocity of feelings that people had when the incident, when he was arrested in 2009. I think it's, it's kind of like this. The reason why a lot of women choose not to let their family and friends know if they're in an abusive relationship, because once you tell your mother, once you tell your friend, that's all they remember. Yes. So I think that when the world saw that mm -hmm. in 2009, that's what stuck with so many people. A absolutely, absolutely. But nobody could feel that more than me. I was hurt the most. Nobody felt what I felt. Like, so it was... You hurt the most because it happened? It happened. It happened to me. Mm -hmm. And it happened to me in front of the world. The world. It was embarrassing. It was humiliating. It was hurtful. You know, it's not easy. I lost my best friend. Like, everything I knew switched. Switched in a night. And I couldn't control that. So I had to deal with that. And that's not, that's not easy for me to understand or interpret. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, and it's not easy to interpret on camera, mm -hmm. not with the world watching. Watch so it was hard for me to even pay attention to my mind and, and figuring things out, because now it became a circus, and I felt protected. Like, I felt like the only person they hate right now is him. It was, it was a weird, it was a weird, confusing space to be in. Because mm -hmm. as angry as I was, as angry and hurt and betrayed, I just felt like he made that mistake because he needed help. And like, who's going to help him? Mm. Nobody's going to say he needs help. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to say he's, he's a monster mm -hmm. with, without looking at the source. And yeah. I was more concerned about him. That is really powerful. <laughs> That's really powerful. That in that moment, I would have never thought that. <laughs> you, you, you just shocked me. Because <laughs> in that moment, I would have never thought that what you were thinking about is protecting him. Yeah. yeah. So where does your relationship with him stand today? You know, there's, you can't believe what you read. Where, what do you want the world to know about your relationship with him? We've been working on our friendship again, and now we're very, very close friends. Yeah. We built a, a trust again, and that's it. Like, we, we, we love each other, and we probably always will. And, and that's not anything that we're going to try to change. It's some, not something you can shut off if you've ever, if you've ever been in love. Um, Are we're you just seeing trying him? to be. Are you seeing each other again? No. He's in a relationship of his own. I'm single, um, but we have maintained a very close friendship ever since the restraining order has been dropped. We've just worked on it little by little. And it has not been easy. You know, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. 
but... You know, there were rumors that you saw him in Saint-Tropez, did you? Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. We went to a mutual friend's party mm -hmm. on a yacht, and... What happens when you see him? It's... it's awkward. <laughs> it's awkward because I, I still love go, him, you know? Does There's... your heart do this? Does your heart do that whoosh thing? My stomach drops. Yeah. Yes, and mm -hmm. I have to maintain this poker face and, mm -hmm. you know, not let it get to the outer part of me. I have to maintain that and suppress it, but mm -hmm. interpret it and understand it and understand that that's not going to go away. That is peaceful. You know, you have... When you don't understand those feelings, you can, you can make a lot of mistakes. Do you think Chris Brown is a true love for you? Absolutely. I think he was the love of my life. He was the first love. And I see that he loved me the same way. We were very young and very spontaneous. Like, we ran free. We ran wild. We were falling in love and going at a really rapid pace that we forgot about ourselves as individuals. We forgot about our personal discipline. We needed something to, to completely shut that off and show us what we were missing, what we were taking for granted. And if we really care about each other, we care about their, each other's happiness. So it's not even about us being together. I truly love him. So the, the main thing for me is that he is at peace, mm. you know? I'm not at peace if he's a little unhappy mm -hmm. or he's still lonely or, you know, that, that's a little, I care. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm, you know, it actually matters that he finds that peace. A lot of people thought that hitting you was unforgivable. Have you forgiven him? I have forgiven him. It took me a long time. I was angry for a long time. Mm -hmm. I felt like this is not my fault. This is not me doing this and still I have to like worry and, and you know, all those kinds of, I was, I was resentful, I held a grudge, I was dark. I was angry and it was coming out in my music, it was coming out in my, my clothes, it was coming out in my attitude. And I didn't like that feeling, it was heavy. It was heavy. What'd you do to get over it? <laughs> Here they come again. <laughs> Repaired my relationship with my dad. Your dad. I was so angry at him. And I, um... I was just angry about a lot of things from my childhood, and I, I couldn't separate him as a husband from him as a father. I felt like if he was a bad husband, he was a bad father. Because you watched him do some bad things to your mom. Yeah, you know, I witnessed a lot as a, as a child in my, in my household. And was when he I violent? Got to the, yes, he was. And, um, you know, my family broke up because of the addiction, his addiction. But I remember just one day, like, thinking, why can't I come to a place where I let somebody in? Why can't I, like, love, like... Couldn't love. Like, I would get to a place, I would get far, and I would talk to guys, and I would like them. And then the minute I start to really like them, it's like blank. Don't even call. Don't even, nope, change. Don't, don't even, my address, never seen them again, never talked to them again. You would do that? Yeah. Because, I would do that. Because. I wanted to know why. I wanted to know why, and I would think, what is my idea of 
what's supposed to happen. Like, and it was because I wasn't having a, a relationship with my father anymore. Like, I completely, so I wasn't able to connect mm. with a man. And, you know, past a certain point. And the minute I was able to realize, like, my father was probably one of the best fathers in the world. Like, he taught me everything. And as awful as he was to my mom, at times, it didn't compare to how great he was as a father. And I had to come to terms with that. Mm -hmm. And I was able to close that gap with him. Mm -hmm. And all kinds of emotions started happening after that. All kinds of things started making sense. A lot of, I thought I hated Chris. And I realized it was, it was love that was tarnished. It looked like hit because it was ugly, it was angry, it was inflamed, it was tainted. And I realized that what it was is I had to for forgive him because I cared about him still. Mm -hmm. And the minute I let go of that, like, I started living again. You made peace with your father. I made peace with my father. And then first. you were able to make peace with Chris. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because you realized the connection between yes. what your father had done and what Chris had done. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, in all father-daughter relationships, it's the first way any girl, mm -hmm. child, learns what it means to be loved by a man. That's where I got the connection between yeah. the two. Uh-huh. And then I had to go to the source. <laughs> like, why? This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank. Some things should be boring, like banking. Boring is safe and reliable. You don't want your bank to be entertaining. Entertaining is for podcasts with inspiring celebrity guests, not banks. PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is the service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Inc. PNC Bank, National Association, member FDIC. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories should never be about us, without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. So the bottom line is you have moved on from that incident in 2009 where you were abused and he was arrested, even though you know that that will follow probably both of you for the rest of your lives. Yes. And is that what you want the I, world to know? Have you have to. moved on. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have to move on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as I said, it happened to me, so I can't tell people how to feel about it. Mm -hmm. They're entitled to feel angry because it's not, it wasn't a good thing, you know, to happen. 
Um, but you have forgiven him. But I have. Mm -hmm. I have, and that's my personal thing. And your forgiving him does not mean that you are weak or that you are a victim or that you are... And that's what I had to realize mm -hmm. because I felt like that. I felt like if I forgive him, I just become a statistic. I just become this weak victim who, who you know, was hurt and, ah, poor me. And I never, nope. So I just got really strong and I put up a guard. And I never pay attention. I just swept it under the rug until it started peeking out. And it even was coming out in your songs, because I think there was a song about, you, I don't want to be a victim, I want to be... Absolutely. Yes. Come on, what? <laughs> <laughs> you listen to me. <laughs> I was like, hold on, Rockstar 101. Hello. You're not listening to that one. Yeah. <laughs> you did a great job. Thanks Thank for being 100% so yourself. Oh, you're awesome. I felt yourself. Thank you so much. Here we go. Can't believe this. Driving with Rihanna. Driving with Oprah in Barbados. Barbados. Hello. One thing is clear. Rihanna loves her island of Barbados. Zealand, two of them I grew up with them. Hello. She invited me to check out her childhood home where she lived ah. until age 16. This is gonna be fun. <laughs> this is how you know who somebody really is. It's how people react when one of the biggest pop stars in the world comes home. Oh my gosh! How are you? Oh my god! Oh my gosh, this is crazy! This is Shakira's daughter? Yeah. Hey, pretty girl. Hi, how are you? I'm so glad to see y'all. I can come back and show y'all later, right? Okay, bye-bye. See y'all soon. That's awesome. I love, I love that even as we're driving through the neighborhood, everybody's shouting, Robin. <laughs> You're still Robin to the neighborhood. <laughs> yes, wow. this is very true. This is the place. Rihanna and her two younger brothers, Rory and Rajad, lived with their parents in this bungalow. Do you know who lives there now? I don't, but somebody's home. <laughs> we're going in. <laughs> Hi, neighbor. Bestest, bestest neighbor, neighbor bestest of neighbor. the year. Have a look around inside. I just wanted to show her my home that I grew up in. So, this wow. is your it. living room. These windows, we would hang out on these windows. And where was your time. bedroom? My, me, my brother, and my mom stayed in here. I used to help my mom cook, and I learned everything you know about the kitchen right here. Right here, over this stove. Right here, on this. On that stove. Yep. Wow. How old were you? I was between the ages of five and sixteen when I left. Did you know this was Rihanna's old house? Yeah. You did. <laughs> a lot of people come. Every lot of people come. That's good. Oh, really? That's oh, that's great. awesome. Oh, bye, and baby. they just come to take a picture of the house? Yeah, they just come to take a picture of the house. That's good. That's cute. That's nice. Well, thanks for letting us come in. Barbados. Barbados. <laughs> thanks Thank for letting us so come in. Thank you so much. Thank you. And sorry for dropping in like that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In and out. That was some fun riding with Miss Rihanna. And I love you. I love you. <laughs> right now.
Rihanna's mother, Monica, is coming here to this beautiful location. Her lovely, lovely daughter has a big surprise for her. Are they coming? Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. Rihanna's about to give her mother this house. See, it's such a pretty area. Do you get up here often? Yes. I wanted y'all to see the pool. So I am so happy that you came to do this interview with me. Yes. Yeah. My pleasure. But let me just say, your mm -hmm. lovely daughter yeah. has something she wanted to share with you. OK. OK. Oh, mommy, you're so cute. Oh. No, I'm not pregnant. It's not that. <laughs> <laughs> she got a little, okay. she was like, did you just hear oh, no. face change? Oh, yeah, yeah, your face change. She's like, oh. Uh, uh, what is it? <laughs> OK. Well, I wanted to do this for you for a very long time. You have been such an amazing mother, example, soldier, and you get to walk away with the key to this house. Oh. Yes, look oh, around. Oh this is all you, girl. You fussy, look at your pool. <laughs> this oh is God. your house. I'm my first guest. <laughs> and I'm your first guest. <laughs> oh, you have to, I have to have a picture of you hanging on the wall. Oh. My first guest is Oprah. Oh, that's amazing. Rihanna used her grandmother's china as inspiration to decorate the living room in this stunning five-bedroom house. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to the weekend, girl. <laughs> Good daughter. Good yeah. daughter. Yeah. Good daughter. So let me just ask you a couple questions. What are you proudest of right now about her? Oh, I'm, because she has remained so humble and so close to her family. Mm, yeah, I she's, can see that. She's same Robin to us. She's Robin. She's Robin She's to now us. Robin to me. That's, that's, you know, that's what I'm very, very proud of. Yeah. You're not pressuring her for, to find a guy, are you? Uh, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to make a toast? Uh, I want to toast to one, your first trip, to my yes. home. Yes. <laughs> now to her home, yes. her house. And to, to family, man, to, to good vibes, to love and happiness <laughs> to everybody. Cheers. Yes, to family, Cheers. to good vibes. Thank you. Good vibes. Good vibes. Thank you. Good vibes. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.